our top stories tonight. The AFC West and all it entails. The position battles. Who's going to back up Austin Eckler? Who's going to start for the Kansas City Chiefs at running back? Who's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver one? Who's going to fill in while Javante Williams is out? Who is going to be the number one wide receiver? Obviously, it's Keenan Allen. We know that. But who's going to be the wide receiver two, the wide receiver three, and the wide receiver four for the Los Angeles Chargers? The AFC West is competitive both in real life and within their own rosters. So let's get to it. Starting with the quarterback position. And of course, this is one position in the AFC West that is pretty much settled. It is Patrick Mahomes starting, obviously. Blaine Gabbert is the new Chad Henney. He replaces Chad Henney, who retires. And Shane Bukele, he's the practice squad guy. Maybe eventually he becomes a long-term backup. But for now, third strip. And then in the chart with the Chargers, it's just as obvious. It's Justin Herbert. It's Easton Stick. Easton Stick was the third-string quarterback behind Chase Daniel for years. He ends up becoming the backup after they let Chase Daniel walk in free agency. Could still re-sign him. But they draft Max Duggan from TCU. T- the TCU star Max Duggan, he is going to be the next Easton Stick. He's going to be the future developmental backup of the Los Angeles Chargers. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes Duggan to beat out Easton Stick. That is a question of sooner rather than later. This year, I think it's going to be Easton Stick as QB2 all year, but come 2024, Chargers might have a new backup. As for the Broncos, Russell Wilson, they signed uh, Jarrett Stidham to be the backup of Russell Wilson, Sean Payton's new QB2. Maybe he treats Jarrett Stidham like Taysom Hill. No, not going to happen. And then they've got Ben DiNucci as the QB3. Doesn't matter. The only real question in the AFC West at quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo's foot. If Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, then he is the starter if he is healthy. And more than likely, when he is healthy. We do expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be the Raiders quarterback. We don't expect them to have to go out and sign a Carson Wentz, sign a Teddy Bridgewater I have to imagine that's the only reason those two guys haven't signed yet is because they're waiting to see if Jimmy G gets cleared and then maybe they go sign with the Raiders because there's no chance that Brian Hoyer is purposely starting games this year. Just wild that Brian Hoyer is still in the league. And Aiden O'Connell, his backup, he's going to be competing. The real questions, though, are at running back, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs. It is Isaiah Pacheco as the lead back. Isaiah Pacheco was an RB2 pretty much every week down the stretch. I think there was just one game where he didn't score 10 points and wasn't an RB2 over his final 10 games, something like that. Isaiah Pacheco was the model of consistency. Now, he isn't practicing right now. He didn't practice throughout OTAs and minicamp. He had surgery to repair a torn labrum in his shoulder, and I think it was a toe injury as well. Regardless, He's got a couple injuries that needed some healing up. And so he wasn't practicing, which allowed Daenerys Prince to put his stamp on the backfield as well. Daenerys Prince, undrafted free agent running back with some size, with some speed. And of course, Isaiah Pacheco is not going to be threatened by Daenerys Prince. Isaiah Pacheco's role is locked in. He is the slasher. He is the lead back. He is surprisingly good in the passing game we saw down the stretch. 
well, caught six, had six targets, caught five passes in the AFC Championship. Isaiah Pacheco can do it all. Jarek McKinnon, he has his role as the third down back that is locked and loaded. The real question is RB3. Is it Clyde edwards Lair, or could Daenerys Prince, the undrafted free agent, beat out CEH and get him cut? Draft Capital says it's likely CEH, but this is his final year with the team. They did decline his fifth-year option, so if Clyde edwards Lair isn't dominating in camp, he may be on the outside looking in and could be replaced by Daenerys Prince. But like I said, Isaiah Pacheco will be one of the most locked-in Rock solid starters at running back. He was going to be an RB2 in 14, an RB2 or better, probably in 14 of 16 fantasy relevant games this season. And he's got RB1 potential in certain weeks where he scores two touchdowns. It's not something that happened last year, but that is going to happen. Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a two touchdown game. That is just going to happen at some point. He is capable of those kinds of weeks. And Jarek McKinnon is going to be the one catching most of the passes, but we'll see how much of a step Pacheco can take forward. If you want to see my breakdown on Isaiah Pacheco, I covered Isaiah Pacheco for the draft kit. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Go get it. Go and get the draft kit. And while you're there, let us know who you think is going to be the, the RB2 for the Los Angeles Chargers. Currently, we know Austin Eckler. He's the guy. He's going to get all the passing down work. He's going to get a lot of work in the red zone. But he has admitted to wanting help. Austin Eckler has admitted that he wants someone to take carries away from him, to get some of those between the 20s touches, between the tackles carries. Joshua Kelly has been the best at it, but that's not saying much. Joshua Kelly has been not particularly standout so far, but he's been better than Isaiah Spiller. He's been better than Larry Roundtree. And so I think, or at least I hope, the Los Angeles Chargers end up signing Ezekiel Elliott. 
he ends up being the bruiser back to take some of the load away from Austin Eckler. He reunites with Kellen Moore. And as we saw with the Dallas Cowboys, Kellen Moore can get Tony Pollard, a.k.a. Austin Eckler in this situation, to be an RB1 with Zeke on the roster. And Zeke, with the Chargers, is going to see a lot less work than he did with the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be just enough to keep Austin Eckler happy, so happy and healthy. So that's what I'm hoping for. But for now, Joshua Kelly is the two. As for the Denver Broncos, I really think they're going to end up adding something, someone. Because right now, Javante Williams, you know, there's all the hype from Sean Payton that he's going to be healthy week one and that he's going to play. But right now, he is not. And so come training camp, it's going to be Samaj P. Ryan getting most of the work with the ones. But of course, you can't take every snap with the first team. That's just not something that happens. And so when they start mixing in other backs with the first team, it's going to be Tony Jones, the Seahawk Saint nothing burger through his entire NFL career. But Sean Payton likes him. Or it's going to be Tyler Beatty, the Ravens draft pick, who I actually kind of like. I think he has a future as a satellite back in the league. But Tony Jones cannot be your RB2. Especially, even, even if Javante Williams is healthy. Tony Jones is your RB3-4 with Tyler Beatty. Risky, risky business for a Javante Williams coming off the ACL tear, likely going to be brought back slowly. And so, I won't be surprised. Even if it's Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt would make a lot of sense for the Denver Broncos. Just take even more pressure off of the recovery from Javante Williams. And that likely means Tyler Beatty gets cut, sent to the practice squad. And that's okay because Kareem Hunt will help this committee. He and Samaj P. Ryan do a lot of the same things. It just makes sense for the Denver Broncos. So I think they will add someone. But for right now, Samaj P. Ryan is an absolute bell cow. There's no way Tony Jones is seeing 20% of the touches while Javante Williams is out. Samaj P. Ryan is going to be playing 65% of the snaps if Javante Williams misses a game based on this current roster. But what about the Raiders? Because the Raiders right now, if the Raiders were to play a game right now, they would not have Josh Jacobs as a starter. Josh Jacobs has not signed his franchise tag. There are rumors that he could hold out. And that makes Zamir White so much more interesting. Zamir White has lost some weight over the offseason. He's cut weight, which is always a good thing at the running back position. When you hear running backs talking about bulking up because they want to be able to lower the shoulder and take hits and stuff, that is a bad sign. It almost never works when running backs start to bulk. It worked for Ronald Jones. That is the one situation where a running back saying, yeah, I, I need to change my game. I need to gain some weight. It worked for Ronald Jones, but it's happened so many times. That was the downfall of backs like Ray Rice and Maurice Jones Drew. They were smaller and they thought, well, I'm I'm thick, but if I gain some weight, I'll, I'll be able to break more tackles. You hear this throughout history. Running backs say, I want to gain weight to break tackles. No, they should be focusing on losing weight. And obviously there's, there's a balance in between there. You can lose some weight. You can gain some muscle. You can gain a little bit. The point is, Zamir White is doing the right things to take care of his body this offseason, and he is going to be ready for a big role if Josh Jacobs misses time. And even if Josh Jacobs does play, who's to say Zamir White doesn't mix in just a little bit more than he did last year? And then there's 
The third down back, it's Amir Abdullah currently. He was the RB2 last year behind Josh Jacobs. But they also kept Brandon Bolden on the roster, running back slash special teamer. But they also drafted Britton Brown last year. And so the Raiders had five running backs on their roster. They didn't dress five. Usually they'd only dress three or four. But five running backs on the roster is just too many. They're going to have to make a decision. Hopefully Britton Brown earns the role that they kept him on the team for last year because otherwise he's got to get cut and Brandon Bolden likely sticks around or maybe they hope Britton Brown can become the new Brandon Bolden. Either way, it's a weird backfield for the Los Angeles Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, sorry, if Josh Jacobs holds out. Moving on to the wide receiver position though, the title of the show, the position battle we have all been waiting for, Keenan out versus Mike Williams versus Quinton Johnston versus Josh Palmer. Now, you two wouldn't let us fit Josh Palmer in the character limit, but this is the real position battle because Keenan Allen is locked into his role. Keenan Allen is the wide receiver one for the Los Angeles Chargers. He was the wide receiver one down the stretch. He had, he popped off. Keenan Allen absolutely dominated once he was healthy at the end of the season. Keenan Allen has a lot left in the tank with Justin Herbert allowed to unlock it, to throw deep, to throw, sling it all over the field with Kellen Moore. This is going to be a good thing. Keenan Allen in the CD lamb role in the slot. There are going to be a lot of concepts where Keenan Allen is just schemed up and Keenan Allen doesn't even need scheming up. Keenan Allen can just get, get open at will. So he's going to ball out for the Chargers this year. Mike Williams is still going to have his X receiver role on the outside. He's going to be the jump ball specialist. He's going to be facing one-on-one coverage, throw a jump ball. And that's fine. That is absolutely fine. But it's the Z receiver that we are curious about. Is it going to be Quinton Johnson, the first round pick that they drafted? Or is it going to be the guy that actually knows the offense? The guy that has worked with Josh or Justin Herbert, the guy who was for a time last year, the Chargers wide receiver one in Josh Palmer. Now, Josh Palmer has been dealing with some injuries. So he hasn't been practicing at OTAs and minicamp, which is a huge boost for Quinton Johnston. But he is still learning. And how NFL offenses and NFL teams typically work is, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. This guy is going to be in the right position at the right time. Yeah. Maybe the ceiling's a little bit lower. Yeah, maybe instead of a 16-yard reception, this turns into an 8-yard reception instead. Maybe instead of a potential 40-yard touchdown, this is a 15-yard. But NFL coaches like guys who know what they are doing. Josh Palmer knows what he's doing with the Los Angeles Chargers, knows what he's doing with Justin Herbert. And so I think week one, he's going to be the first wide receiver off the bench in three wide receiver sets. It's going to be a rotation, and by the end of the year, Quinton Johnston will win it. But don't be surprised when Josh Palmer plays more than you expect. Now, for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is just going to be a headache. This is a wide-open depth chart. The one thing we know is that Marquez Valdez-Scantling will be posting up as that stretch X that they like to run with the Kansas City Chiefs. He will be on the outside, facing one-on-one coverage and just running deep, running deep, running deep, wind sprint, wind sprint, wind sprint. That is what Marquez Valdez-Scantling will do. So he is, in terms of personnel, he's going to be the wide receiver one. He's going to be on the field the most. He is going to be doing the most things. 
But for fantasy football, we have seen year after year after year with both Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers that that is not a particularly fantasy viable role. It is great in best ball. You're going to get a 30-point performance, but it's not reliable week in and week out. That is what we're hoping for Kadarius Tony and or Sky Moore. They will be playing off of each other at the slot and at the Z. Sometimes Kadarius Tony will be in the slot. Sky Moore will be out wide off the line of scrimmage. Sometimes Kadarius Tony is going to be out wide and Sky Moore is going to be in the slot. They are going to move these guys around. Kadarius Tony has had the hype that he is going to be the wide receiver one for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. But Sky Moore has also had the hype that He's going to have to take a step forward this year. And then there's Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice is the closest physically to Juju Smith-Schuster, who headed over to the New England Patriots, but he's a rookie. He's a second-round rookie that people are very excited about, especially because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes, but he's still a rookie. And like I just finished explaining with Quentin Johnston, veteran deference is a thing. So Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore are going to have those first opportunities at the slot and Z position. And if they falter and Rashi Rice isn't able to pick up the offense as quickly as expected, Richie James is also in Kansas City, the ever-reliable wide receiver, the guy who just gets the job done. He did it with the New York Giants part-time as a wide receiver last year. Even with the San Francisco 49ers, he was just talented enough that he would force his way onto the field. It was unspectacular, but he just got the job done. That is who Richie James is too. So, There's going to be a Richie James week. There is absolutely going to be a Richie James week. At some point, it's going to happen. Maybe there's some injuries. I don't know, but it is going to happen. They also have Justin Watson, who filled in well during the playoffs. He is a role player as well. He can stretch the field. He can go deep. He can block. And there's Justin Ross, everyone's favorite star from Clemson. Well, they wouldn't have held on to Justin Ross if... They didn't plan on using him next year. They they held him for the full year on injured reserve, which means nothing because he had a season-ending injury. But people will continue to get excited about Justin Ross. Just don't be surprised when he doesn't end up making the roster, ends up getting cut for Justin Watson. Just those are the kind of moves that happen. Justin Ross isn't the guy people want him to be. But the other question with the Kansas City Chiefs receivers is, How much are three receivers going to be on the field? Because we saw a healthy dose of Noah Gray in 2022. And the Kansas City Chiefs seem to like those two tight end sets. It opens up the field. It creates mismatches and makes life easy for Travis Kelsey. So that is another thing to consider. And I know this is a long roundabout way of saying we don't know what's going to happen with Kansas City Chiefs. But these are all things to consider. And these are all going to happen and Kansas City Chiefs are going to have multiple wide receivers that have wide receiver one games throughout the season MVS will Kadarius Tony will Sky Moore will Richie James will as well it's just how life works with the Kansas City Chiefs as for the Denver Broncos former Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos went skiing shortly after the Super Bowl so I had to get a shirt they've got Cortland Sutton X they've got Jerry Judy in the slot and people always complain every time I call him a slot receiver, but he just, he plays in the slot a lot. That's just what they do. No matter the offense coordinator, they just play him in the slot. And then they've got Tim Patrick at Z and Tim Patrick has been called by some, the best wide receiver, the best all around receiver for the Denver Broncos. But Jerry Judy 
is also once again getting hype because his footwork is just absolutely incredible. A video came out earlier today. He was just making people miss in a whip route. It's just the quick feet of Jerry Judy. And they're all going to have Marvin Mims behind them. Marvin Mims is going to rotate in. The deep threat that he is, the electricity is going to see the field. There are going to be packages where Cortland Sutton is not on the field, and it is just Jerry Judy and Marvin Mims, the two speedsters, with one with elite route running. The other Marvin Mims pretty damn good route runner, too. And then behind them, it's KJ Hamler, Marquez Callaway, and Kendall Hinton fighting for work. But whoever becomes the wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos, and I do believe it's Jerry Judy this year, and I do believe he's going to leave in free agency next year which will mean it, it there's maybe it's two years for Jerry Judy. Either way, Jerry Judy is going to leave at some point, And Marvin Mims is going to be the wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos, probably 2024, but at least 2025 when Jerry Judy inevitably leaves final wide receiver position battle in the AFC West that we got to talk about Hunter Renfro versus Jacoby Myers. And this one is obvious. This one is an absolute slam dunk. This is Jacoby Myers job. He is the slot receiver. Josh McDaniels brought in his guy, the guy that he developed, that he drafted with the New England Patriots. And actually, he didn't. Jacoby Myers was an undrafted free agent, but the guy he helped to integrate into the offense and eventually as an undrafted free agent became a wide receiver one with Josh McDaniels. And he goes out and gives him the biggest wide receiver contract in free agency. That matters. That matters a lot. Jacoby Myers is going to be the slot receiver, which means Hunter Renfro is going to be out wide playing Z, which is not his forte. Hunter Renfro makes his money in the slot as a PPR monster. He is not particularly explosive. He's the wrong person to play that stretch Z role running wind sprints. Maybe they end up trading him, but this is Jacoby Myers' job as the wide receiver too. Hunter Renfro has been relegated. and Hunter Renfro might not even be on the team just like Darren Waller. Speaking of tight ends and Darren Waller, we have a couple of battles left. We already talked about Noah Gray, how much he's going to see the field. We already know Travis Kelsey, not a competition there. It is a battle between Noah Gray and the wide receiver three for the Kansas City Chiefs. In LA, we've got Gerald Everett, who is the tight end one. And then there's Donald Parham, the six foot seven, six foot eight monster, who makes some spectacular plays and also has some the foot on the line, foot's on out of bounds, even though it's so spectacular. But this is Gerald Everett's job. Parham and Trey McKitty are fighting for that wide receiver or tight end two position. But for the most part, Chargers are going to be a three wide receiver team. We're going to see not a ton of Donald Parham, not a ton of Trey McKitty, which is different than what we saw last year from the Chargers. Last year, they were a heavy two tight end offense. And part of that was because Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams were banged up multiple times throughout the year, but we're going to see less of that. We're going to see more three wide receiver sets for the Chargers. And Gerald Everett, going to have some sneaky upside weeks in a high fly and high scoring offense. As for the Broncos, Greg Dulcich is the Joker. He is the Jeremy Shockey. He is the Jimmy Graham. He's going to be a slot receiver. He's going to be lined up out wide. He's going to be an inline tight end. He's going to be in the backfield. And funny, he's mentioned in the backfield. He is drawing the Joker comparison that Reggie Bush and Alvin Kamara had for this New Orleans Saints. And really, 
all that means is this is the mismatch player for our offense. But when you're the mismatch player for the New Orleans Saints, Marcus Colston had a lot of good years. He was a wide receiver, but he did pretty damn good. Jimmy Graham had some pretty damn good years as the tight end of the New Orleans Saints. Alan Kamara, Reggie Bush, not even just their work as runners, but what they've done in the passing game and the mismatches they have created. If that role comes to fruition for Greg Dulcich, whoo, that is going to be exciting. We'll see how much Albert O we actually see this year too. Hopefully he ends up being the tight end too. They did sign Chris Manhurts from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a big blocking tight end, basically an extra offensive tackle, which is worrisome for any hype of Albert O, but hopefully he can win that tight end two job. And finally, the Las Vegas Raiders replacing Darren Waller. First, they went out and signed OJ Howard. Then they went out and signed Austin Hooper. And Austin Hooper is going to start over OJ Howard. That is a thing that is going to happen. OJ Howard, he started more games than I thought for the Houston Texans. I think he started like 10 games or something like that. But OJ Howard was not a part of the Texans offense, even if he was starting games. Austin Hooper is just a guy at tight end too, but he's a guy you can put in line. You can ask him to block. He can do all of those things until Michael Mayer is ready. And maybe Michael Mayer is ready week one. Maybe Michael Mayer is ready week four, but at some point, Michael Mayer is going to become the tight end one for the Las Vegas Raiders. He will beat out the incumbents, if you want to call that, for Austin Hooper and OJ Howard. And at some point, at some point, Michael Mayer is going to make a claim to be the tight end one in this class and dynasty. Once again, we all thought he was going to be the tight end one at one point. Then Dalton Kincaid passes him, and Sam Laporte is drafted ahead of him. But make no mistake, Michael Mayer still has tight end one upside. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.